From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. RuPaul remains a huge fan of the Golden Girls and re-watches the classic TV sitcom often. And, and even having seen that episode probably, I don't know, 50 times in the past 30 years, you know, the, the, the joy of watching them set up the jokes is so brilliant. And, wa- and just watching how these brilliant actors, the best, the best there are, yeah. uh, set this, 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 this material up, which is... Uh, I realized, uh, and I think I may have told this to B. Arthur years ago, that I realized that... She, her takes on things, she must have gotten it from Jack Benny. You know how certain artists, like obviously Cher grew up listening to Elvis, so a lot of her, the way she phrases things, are very Elvis. And this, you, you can hear that when Elton John sings, he grew up, he loved uh, Ray Charles. So, so a lot of the stuff that he, I mean, that sounds that was just great like Cher, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just like Cher. Great. Cher uh, doing Ray Charles. Cher doing Ray Charles. Um, but clearly, uh, B. Arthur. Uh, uh, is doing Jack Benny. That's who she's yeah. doing. On this edition of the podcast, we talked to RuPaul's Drag Race stars RuPaul and Michelle Visage about their favorite episodes of TV. RuPaul went classic with a hysterical season two episode of The Golden Girls where Dorothy discovers her date is actually a priest. And Michelle goes a little more recent with a moving season two episode of Pose. It's my favorite episode. Thank you, DJ Omar Khan, for the theme song. It's my favorite episode, and this time out, we're talking to RuPaul and Michelle Visage. RuPaul's pick is Forgive Me, Father, the 18th episode of Season 2 from The Golden Girls, which first aired on February 14, 1987. Written by Terry Grossman and Kathy Spear, in this episode, Dorothy, played by B. Arthur, asks out a fellow teacher, played by John McMartin, but later discovers he's a priest. In the clip... Blanche, of course, Rue McClanahan, and Rose, played by Betty White, can't help but stammer as they answer the door and discover his true identity. I'm Frank. I'm here to see Dorothy. (laughs) You're the hunk? I mean, forgive me, Father. Uh, That is, forgive my language. Uh, Not in your official capacity. I'm not even a Catholic. I'm a Baptist, and you can't forgive us Baptists. <laughs> Hello, I'm Rose Nyland. You must be Frank. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. Well, thank you, Rose. It's very nice to meet you, too. Dorothy's done nothing but talk about you for weeks. Rose. Every time she mentions your name, she practically glows. Rose. And I think she's really very smitten with you. Rose. He's a priest, isn't he? Yes. Later this episode, we also discuss Michelle Visage's pick, a season two episode from FX's Pose. We sat down with RuPaul and Visage to discuss their recent talk show, what they've learned after a decade of RuPaul's drag race, 
their early TV crushes, their favorite TV episodes, and how RuPaul's TV diet even includes old episodes of Mission Impossible. But we began by discussing how smoothly RuPaul's Drag Race is now going. This is a well-oiled machine. We've been doing this for, God, I don't know, since right after the Korean War. Yes, yes, I remember <laughs> and, it vividly. Uh, yeah. we, know, we know how to do it. It's yeah. fun. And, you know, it's always um, unique because once we add the girls who are, you know, new to the process, uh, it becomes its own animal and mm-hmm. it's its own unique animal so it's so much fun it's like a school year every year it like is returning to school and my girls <laughs> are the best girls in the world <laughs> yeah. they are well and everyone knows the show so well now does that make it easier too like uh, the contestants like they know exactly well they think they know yeah they, think they, know. they don't know <laughs> <laughs> no. what's the biggest misconception well, about you know, the show. well, you know, like we, we just uh, every time we do snatch game, the the kids have an idea of what they want to do in snatch game, uh, but they to play snatch game properly, you have to be able to see yourself from outside of yourself, understand what your your own personal energy is, and how that will. Um, uh, how that will to play, translate translate yeah. to the people watching. You know, um, one of the girls who, uh, not in this season, but in a past season, I won't name her name, but she's a big girl. And but in her nightclub act, she likes to perform like Katy Perry and like you know mm-hmm, little. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the when you look at it, you think, oh no, you should be performing Aretha Franklin. You should be performing Martha Wash mm-hmm. songs uh, that seem like it comes out of a a body that has a lot of power, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. And and it's in it the fact that she doesn't do that speaks to her inability to see herself objectively. And the same is true not just in drag race but in life. You know, it, it, the only time the party really begins is when you're able to step outside of yourself, then look at yourself and go, "Oh, I know what I should be doing." And that's the biggest misconception is pe- a lot of people think they know themselves and they really don't. Yeah. Yeah. And being present, because that's a hard... So Rue's talking about being out of your body, looking down, and then getting back in your body and being present. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really crazy, but he's right. Yeah. And you must see a lot of transformations over the years, just people who have discovered themselves after being on the show. Well, Michelle's on the road with the girls oh, yeah. all the time. So I do get to see their growth, which is why when they do come back for All-Stars and they're not living up to their potential... It's like disheartening because yeah. it's like, no, I just spent four months with you. I know what you can do. Yeah. But I know when the lights go on and the TV screen, you know, you're, you're, the TV cameras are going, it, you can get that Cindy Brady's, you know, itis. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, that was a very old reference. I, I like it though. Like, Cindy Brady itis. <laughs> no, but it's maybe an old reference, but it's, it, you know, humans haven't changed very much yeah. in a long, and, and so. Uh, haven't changed and haven't uh, elevated beyond that. People freeze up. People freeze up and they can't remember who they are or what their purpose is. And uh, again, I'll say it. It's not just on Drag Race. It's just in life in general. We as Americans have forgotten who we are, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Amen. Uh, Especially right now. Amen. So last time I saw the two of you, it was on the set of your talk show. Um, so how, how do you think it ultimately went and when are we going to hear more about, uh, the, the future? Oh God, we had so much fun on that. Uh, we will find out in September, but, uh, or, or, do you remember? October. I did. Um, 
Yeah, we can't wait. That was so, yeah. so, so fun. much fun. Yeah. It was great. It yeah. was great. You know, and it's something Michelle and I do every day. You know, during breaks, our lunch breaks here at Drag Race, we uh, record our podcast. So uh, we started we started a discussion about 30 years ago and we just continued it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whether there are people recording it or That's not. It. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. ongoing. <laughs> So yeah. at least now you have a record of all of these conversations. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah so, for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, there was something really nice about. I mean, the your talk show again. Uh, you know, every episode you had sort of a different focus, a different topic, and you got. You know, you have this way of just like really connecting with people, and he's such and, a natural at it too. And, There's nothing forced. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like people are willing to like expose themselves to you. I, I think people know that they're safe with me. I'm not going to sabotage them or make them feel uncomfortable. That's not what I'm here to do. There are people who that is their interview style. It's not mine. Uh, I want to. I want to get the best out of people. I'm interested in what makes them tick. What makes them get out of bed in the morning. I'm interested in how a person's able to navigate uh, this life, which nobody uh, mentions enough. Uh, the fact that life is so hard. It yeah. is so hard. Everybody walks around. It looks like they have the instruction book and that they've got it all together. And, you know, um, uh, but <laughs> I never felt that way. No, nope, me neither. <laughs> I want to know how people are managing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I gave both of you a little bit of homework to pick your favorite uh, episodes of TV mm-hmm. of all time. Which is a tall order. It's a tough one. I, I, I love I, everything I know I learned from television. I love television so much. And I love now that television is so accessible. I mean, you don't even need a, a good... You don't even need rabbit ears no, anymore. They tell no, me that, or tinfoil. You don't even need the tinfoil. What? <laughs> I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> Now, I didn't realize it was of all time. Now, if you're going of all time, that's almost not fair because we're older. Yeah. So that's well, not fair because well, I can go back to Sesame Street. Yeah, so, yeah. and, and you know, Electric Company. So that's, I went for recent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you went for recent. I went for okay. recent. Well, I love because, yeah, you, you, uh, so, so you went for recent and, and RuPaul went with a classic. So we because have a little Ru bit of both. doesn't have TV, doesn't watch TV. Yeah. I watch I watch it like um this morning I saw it on my computer. Rue doesn't have cable. I don't have cable. I watch no. it on my computer. <laughs> yeah. so you don't watch much uh current TV. Um No, I mean uh, You've been binging uh, Mission uh, Impossible lately. Uh, yeah, right? which that's a current show, isn't no, it? No, sure yeah. isn't. No. Um <laughs> I, I see some things. Like I yeah. saw Big Little second season of Big Little Lies. I'm in the middle of it right now. Yeah. Ver- that Meryl Streep. Meryl she Street. should she should really oh try acting one of these. She should days. try it. She's so good. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then, uh, but mostly I watch things that I don't have a lot of time. So I watch things that either I know what I'm going to get uh, this morning uh, while having my breakfast. I watched the Golden Girls, which again. I always have on every yeah. day, yeah. all day, and it's right there on Hulu. And you know what you're getting. You hear it and you go, "I know this." You know yeah. the episodes. It's like the Brady Bunch. I can know any episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it kind of brings you back, even if you haven't seen an episode in 20 years. And actually, the one that RuPaul picked, I hadn't seen in a long time. But uh-huh. immediately when I started watching, like, oh yeah, I remember the Golden those. Girls. Yeah. So That's so yeah yeah. So so Ru chose "Forgive Me, Father" from mm-hmm. season two. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the episode where Dorothy uh, uh, thinks she's going out on a date, and it turns out he's a priest. Right. Yes. Rep. Just yes. saw it recently, actually. Yeah. Oh, so good and with the great actor um, John Mc. What's his name? John Mc. Um, 
he's a fantastic he, and he just just passed away about three years ago he he the last thing I saw him on was on Broad City but he worked until the end and he did a lot of murder she sat down and she wrote that's why you probably love it I'm yeah. surprised you didn't pick that yeah, well just... I was gonna pick uh, uh, what a, a tangle web we weave uh, which was a, my, one of my favorite murder she sat down and she wrote episodes right uh, because I love the episodes of Murder, She Sat Down and She Wrote where uh, Angela Lansbury plays another character. And in t- what a, I think, tangle, what a tangle web we weave. I know it's a, that's the wrong title, but it's similar to that. She plays a floozy in a bar at one point to get some information. <laughs> I love that word, floozy. Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. Uh, well, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's not you, used enough. Today. I am a it's good Christian enough. woman. Yeah, I, I am married. Right. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, John Mc. What did you say? John McMartin. John McMartin yeah. is brilliant. He, God rest his soul, brilliant actor, a Broadway actor. He did everything. That was a really touching episode too. That one. Yeah. Well, it is a touching I episode because well, the one that I love with the, with the fa- forgive me, father. I love it because. For so many reasons. First of all, the, the writing on uh, on Golden Girls is so brilliant. And the reason I watch it today, too, is knowing the, all the scripts, watching these brilliant actors mm-hmm. set up the joke, watching the, listening to the writing. And I think in this episode, I, I could be wrong, but I, my guess is that uh, B. Arthur came out in an outfit. The writer saw the outfit and then wrote a joke. <laughs> After having seen the yeah. outfit, which is even more genius, which yeah. is even yeah, more genius because yeah. you you know you see the jokes get... still hold what like oh my god oh, they not, like you know where like you watch the honeymooners these days and yeah it's like either not funny sometimes or like oh you could never say that today yeah the Golden Girls even though some of the stuff would be considered off color today it still makes you laugh every single because time oh smart time. it's yeah. just smart. like All in the Family yeah and you know like you know a show like Bewitched which I always loved and it's so brilliant, brilliant. Yes. the problem with that show is they have canned laughter so um, they have la- a laughter a laugh track in places where it's not funny and right. it makes you it's just distracting distracting and controlling and yeah. controlling don't tell me to laugh here. <laughs> Wait, this not, is not slave no, day it makes me laugh <laughs> this is not the Amistad is that funny no thank you so you know um <laughs> um you know, on uh, this episode of The Golden Girls, uh, Dorothy comes out and realizes that he is the man she invited to dinner is indeed a priest because he's wearing a priest's. Uh, but when she a priest's, a but priest's, when she met him, he was he, he was wasn't in his, his regular yeah, people, yeah. regular pedestrian. Yeah, so when he comes, he's got he's got the priest's uniform. And what do they call a priest's? Uh, and nuns have a his, habit, right? What it's is a, a priest? Um, priest's collar? He's yeah, wearing his collar. collar. Yeah. Is it yeah. called like you know like navy whites? Is it called like? Blacks. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, well, well ask a and, Catholic. And it's yeah. funny. One of the moments, uh, Rose asks, "Like black really is your color? Is that why you became a priest?" <laughs> That's Brilliant. so funny. Brilliant. Yeah. But when Dorothy comes out, she says, um, "Please tell me that's a Nehru jacket." Right. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, she comes out, and this is where I think the writers must have seen her hideous. <laughs> Yeah. Outfit. Uh, actually, she comes out earlier. She comes out earlier, and and uh, Blanche says to her, "Oh, come on, Dorothy, wear something pretty. Be a woman." <laughs> <laughs> in her Blanche way, yeah. Yeah. Blanche way. yeah. But when she does come out in this other outfit, which this woman Judy Judy something, I don't know. She was the costume director on on. Um, on the Golden Girls, Judy something. She comes out in this concoction with shoulder pads and it's turquoise and it's got fringe and 
uh, sequins and satin, I mean, making a big X on her chest with black pants. Which was broad. Which was broad. <laughs> yeah. And the priest says to her, well, Dorothy, you look... You look nice tonight. And Dorothy says, are you kidding? I look like the mother of a solid gold dancer. Yes! It's the best line! <laughs> yeah. The best line! And that's the line I think the writers must yeah. have seen the outfit and said, oh, we've got to write that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's the brilliance of that show. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's great about because they don't do many, like, these multi-camera sitcoms anymore. Right. Where, right. like, you know, that night, show tape night. You yeah. know, you're, re- you're doing a scene and then the writers are gathering like, okay, how do we punch up this joke yes. and make it even funnier? Then yeah. they redo the scene the second time and then they suddenly throw in oh. this new line and B. Arthur can just hit them all. Oh my I mean, goodness. There's just, nobody just better. The lines and even just the looks. Uh, you know, earlier in the episode where Blanche is like, they're role playing like, okay, this is how you're going to do yeah. it with this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're role playing about how they're going to, she, what she should act like on the date. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. And, and in the end, uh, uh, B. Arthur just pauses, just looks at her and, and then what should I offer him for dessert? Penicillin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who's better than that? There's no one better than no. that. No, this is brilliant. Even Estelle Getty has a great line in this episode because at one point, because uh, she's going off to like play bingo or something, right. and uh, so so she has a handkerchief. She's like, I finally found my lucky handkerchief. It was in my bra. And Rose says, In your bra? What was your lucky handkerchief doing there? And Sophia responds, I was blowing my breast, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> It's like such a great throwaway line, and the way they deliver it yeah. Yeah. is so oh my God. Like on point. And, and even having seen that episode probably, I don't know, 50 times in the past 30 years, you know, the, the, the joy of watching them set up the jokes is so brilliant. And, wa- and just watching how these brilliant actors, the best, the best there are, yeah. uh, set this, 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 this material up, which is... Uh, that's why I, I don't it. understand when comics, I know we're getting off topic, but when comics say that sarcasm and self-deprecation are the lowest hanging fruits in comedy, um, there would be Arthur, all in the family in general, the Jeffersons in general, any of the Norman Lear stuff and the Golden Girls and Empty Nest go on and on and on that ilk. Mm-hmm. It's all sarcasm. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't yeah. disagree more. To me, yeah. for you to be sarcastic and funny is a talent. Yeah. 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 For Absolutely. sure. So that Absolutely. was that. Well, you know, you talked about uh, B. Arthur's uh, takes on things, and Michelle and I talked about this on our podcast recently, where I realized, uh, and I think I may have told this to B. Arthur years ago, that I realized that she, her takes on things, she must have gotten it from Jack Benny. You know how certain artists, like obviously Cher grew up listening to Elvis, so a lot of her, the way she phrases things, are very Elvis. And this, you, you can hear that when Elton John sings, he grew up, he loved uh, Ray Charles. So, so a lot of the stuff that he, I mean, that was just great, like Ray Cher, Charles. right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> just like Cher. Great. Cher um, doing Ray Charles. Cher doing Ray Charles. Um, but clearly, uh, B. Arthur, uh, uh, is doing Jack Benny. That's who she's yeah. doing. Oh, that's and rightfully so. That's it's a genius. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, on another episode of this podcast I just recorded, uh, the, the person chose the episode where they introduced Maude on All in the Family. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's B. Arthur 10 years earlier. Yeah. But, but to see Still her. Still sarcastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like the only character that really can just take down Archie Bunker, yeah. Carol yeah. O'Connor. And, right. and, you know, and the, again, you could see like 
the producers like wheels probably turning saying oh we need to spin this woman off she needs her own show that's right that's right you know to this day I still have B. Arthur's phone number in my phone really I cannot bring myself to delete it I have her one woman show not her phone in your in your phone phone. what was it called Uh, I just have it as B. Arthur yeah no because she does that one bit that one song from Ruth Brown where she's if I can't sell I'm just gonna sit on if I'm if I can't sell it I'm gonna sit sit on on it it. yeah she does did you ever see that one woman show I not I didn't see it with my eyes I've only heard it yeah can you see it do they no I know I don't know if it's it was recorded I saw it live I saw it in San Francisco yeah no Uh, I only heard uh, I wonder if it was filmed anywhere I wonder that's a good question so what would uh, talk about your relationship with B. Arthur uh, and and uh, how you got to know her? Uh, you know, I don't know how I got to know her. I just she was just there. I used to. Um, I was in a semi-retirement in the early two thousands. Shady Pines. Shady Pines. And I uh, somehow I invited her to my, my house for an afternoon barbecue or something. And I lived up this this uh, the driveway was really really steep. And she's notorious for um, having bad feet or something. And uh, she came to the door with uh, with her shoes in her hands because uh, she had walked up the driveway, which, you know, is L.A. So the driveway was beyond steep. It, it, I can't even describe to you how steep this driveway was. Yeah. So she came uh, and she was with another woman who I just recently saw. Actually, I saw this other woman uh uh, last year at an Emmy party, and she said, "Remember the time when I came to your house with with B. Arthur?" And this is a character actress. I don't remember her name right now, but if I could, I could do some research and find it. But uh, I said, "Yes, that was you. That was you." Anyway, uh, I, I think um, I got to know. I think I, I got to meet and know all of the Golden Girls. Um, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, I'm trying to remember how how I got to to meet B. I don't remember how. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's, it's it's just because you're RuPaul. You're able to call that's up probably B. Arthur. Why. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's great. I mean, it is. It's 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 sad that you know we we've lost most of them. Um, uh, you know. Obviously. Well, spoiler alert. Everybody goes. Yeah. Oh no! Everybody goes. <laughs> that's the end of all of our stories. Yeah. Yes. No, it's it's it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing because but. it actually. It brings value and uh, it brings weight to all relationships because you know that they're precious and that you uh, you have to cherish them while they're here. But, you know, we still have um, streaming services to watch all these brilliant television shows. And Michelle brought up the fact that I'm watching uh, the Mission Impossible, Impossible yeah. the old Mission Impossible, the television show, which a lot, I mentioned it to people in the in, People say it was a TV show, oh, Peter and Graves I say, "Come here, let me slap <laughs> yeah. you." The classic, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I tell you, you know, and for people who don't know this, back in '66 and 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 beyond, it ran for seven years. Um, it was think Game of Thrones. It was that kind of a phenomenon. It was a huge show, huge. And um, having gone back to it now, uh, can on you see on, why? It's a it is still holds water. Not only does it hold water. It's still as exciting and good as it was. My dad didn't uh, miss an episode. It's so yeah, good. I remember it's, it. You yeah. should tell him it's on Amazon Prime yeah. right now, and tell him to go and and, uh, and binge it. How and many binge seasons? It. Six, seven seasons. Wow! It went from sixty-six to seventy-three. Is that seven? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. that is. That's sure. math. That's math. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. I'm went out. To seven seasons, and the first three seasons, uh, Barbara Bain won Best Actress Emmys. 
consecutively. Deservedly so. She's so mad. But it's really, not, not only is it all about Martin Landau's top lip, which is <gasps> exquisite. <laughs> and he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Um, but it's also about Peter Lupus. And we, you and I were talking recently, and somebody asked us who our first TV crush was. Yes. And I remembered... It was Peter Lupus was, was my it? first TV crush. Yeah, he um, not he's not uh, on the level of Sir Lawrence Olivier right. as an actor, right? But <laughs> oh my God, that body yeah. and just gorgeous. You remember those things? Mine was Sean Cassidy, so I remember Sean that. Cassidy. That was my era. Yeah, and watching wow. him on the Hardy Boys. <laughs> Did you have a first? TV crush. First TV. See, that's why you can't say all time because then we'll go down memory lane. I know this is a tough one. Um, I, you know, I think my Captain (laughs) Kangaroo. My overall (laughs) Mr. Green Jeans. I will tell you, uh, this is like a a, a, not quite TV crush, but um, uh, Olivia Newton-John. That's a good one. Uh, And partly, I could say TV crush because we early on got like a video cassette of like. Like this is when videos were just starting for physical, where she had put like together yeah. like like music videos for most of the songs yes. on that album, yeah. and then the songs that she didn't do, like she did a nightclub performance. Yeah, uh-huh. and so yeah. it was like an hour and a half special, and just watch that over and over and over. That's a good again. crush. That so, is a yeah. really yeah. good crush. Yeah. You, uh, what's your favorite song on the physical album? Because I think I think it's on that album. You know, um, the Bee Gees wrote. Uh, all the songs for Barbara Streisand's uh, Guilty, Guilty album. Right. And then years later, uh, Barry Gibb released all the demos for that album. But one of the songs that he did for Barbara's Guilty album did not wind up on the album. I guess Barbara chose not to record it. That song wound up on Olivia Newton-John's physical album. Now which one is it? It's a song called Carried Away. And oh. it is brilliant. Because the Bee Gees, the brilliant Bee Gees, um, uh, change the time signature in the song where, you know, as listeners, we know it's all even. Well, you know, like um, four bars here, four bars here, 18 bars. I mean, eight 16, bars, yeah. 16, it's yeah. all even. But to change the time signature, they'll go where what would have been, say, four bars or eight bars, they turn it into 10 bars. And on this song, Carried Away, which is on the physical album, yeah. it is quintessential Bee Gees brilliance. Do you know the song Carried <laughs> yeah, Away? Yeah, you yeah. do know the song. I do remember because I used to listen to that album nonstop. Yes. Yeah, I think my favorite song, just because like I was poppy, I, li- I like the pop songs. Was Make a Move on Me. Oh, I, I was just listening to it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. such a great song. Yeah, yeah. Now that's John Farrar. John Farrar did most of uh, Olivia's songs, uh, and uh, I got to meet him at Olivia Newton-John's uh, uh, residency at the Flamingo Hotel. So you know, uh, all these celebrities are there, but I gravitate toward John Farrar because I want to know ah, the magic. Yeah. John Farrar. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah, and I so still brilliant. remember his name on the cassette tape. Yes. It's yes. like produced by John Farrar. Who's Steve this guy? Steve Kipner was <laughs> one. Steve Kipner. And, uh, but John Farrar did most of her hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to like, you know, uh, let's let's talk Pose real quick because okay. we, we don't want to, you know, skip that either. Mm-hmm. So um you picked uh, the sixth episode, the cabaret. Yes, performance episode, episode six. It doesn't have which... fun names like Father Forgive Me and, <laughs> and things it's, like that. It's just called episode episode six. six. <laughs> Maybe it has a name. Uh, I, I think it does have a name. What's it called? But Do we know? Uh, uh, I don't have that in front of me. But 
Uh, Again, we'll, we'll, it, we'll just call it the cabaret. All episode. time is a different yeah. story because yeah, you know I have yeah. favorite sitcoms but, of all time and episodes. But I'm but of recent, this is as a of good late. Um, yeah. You know, I binge a lot of things. I've been obsessed with Killing Eve, but I think Pose is very special and it means a lot to me, not just for our community, but. It's my life. It's literally my life. Yeah, yeah. It's one hundred percent. Michelle life. grew up in the ball scene yeah. in New York, so it's it, it's seeing that time of my life being played out, and it's kind of crazy. But then, yeah. it's it's saying in it's telling important stories. Yeah. Um, and this this one in particular, season two, episode six, was because um, you know Billy Porter and MJ both are HIV positive MJ with uh, MJ her character Blanca was able to get on AZT and it's been helping her and she's been pushing pray tell Billy Porter to get on AZT and he's been fighting it and getting sicker and sicker so finally he agrees to go on AZT and has a reaction and then Blanca feels guilty for forcing him to go on AZT and then anyway while he's sick in the hospital they're having this cabaret to raise money and Enter my idol, Patty Lapone, who is a very evil realtor in this show, uh-huh. uh, Frederica, and um, she's playing both sides of MJ's character, Blanca. So she comes and gives a donation. So in this in this particular episode, we get to see Billy Porter sing "The Man That Got Away" mm-hmm. and Sandra Bernhard sing. We get to see MJ and Billy sing together. MJ sing alone, but we get to see Patty sing mm. "I'm Still Here." Oh my goodness! And I swear <laughs> that was a live performance. That was mm-hmm. not pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. Patty. That yeah. was not pre-recorded. Yeah. That yeah. was sung like live. She did it right there in the room. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's amazing. And it was just a phenomenal episode and touching in so many ways, and about family and about love and about the battle that gay people had to face and discrimination that still happens. But in those days, it was that it was worse than even what they're showing. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of great episodes. The one, you know, the the where Candy was killed by a trick, which I lost a lot of friends to mm-hmm. tricks back in the day. So it wasn't just HIV and AIDS that were killing people. It was tricks. It was drugs. So this show is so important in so many ways to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. And do you feel like uh, they, they're getting it pretty right? Does it feel... From my experience, I am not a gay man. I've never been a gay man, but... Are you sure? I'm, I'm, at the moment, <laughs> uh-huh. right now, yes. Yeah. My ovaries are sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, and nor have I ever been a trans person, but the storyline that I witnessed, it seems very spot yeah. on. Yeah. And there are some stories that they take from reality. Like even the first episode with the robbing of the... In season one, mm-hmm. the robbing of the museum. Oh, yeah. That was a real story. That was a real story. Yeah, so these yeah. things do happen, and I was around through all of them, and it's very real to me, and the ball scenes are great. I mean, I wish they could be... More, but it's really about the stories. It's not just about the balls. Yeah. And the performers. I mean, <laughs> yes. you mentioned Billy Porter. Oh, by and... the way, the soundtrack to Pose is amazing. Yeah. And it brings back so many memories. Yeah. It's yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, both both the actual, like, uh, the, the music that they're using from the time and, and also the performances. The of fact that they, they're letting all of them, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're getting to see Billy Porter sing quite a bit on this show. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the music's great. Too. Yeah. That was just an emotional episode that had you crying and laughing and then just jaw dropping when you see these people sing the way that they sing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, as the show progresses uh, and uh, you know, you get to, you know, of course, Madonna Vogue and sort of mainstreaming (laughs) a bit of it. And they're also having this debate and interesting. The show itself is having this debate of, are we mainstreaming this? Are, you know, are we, uh, you know, sort of paying tribute to this? Are we exploiting this? Um, You You saw both, you see both sides. Yeah. And it was a real struggle. 
with, oh my God, this is our chance to do this and be seen for what we are as a ballroom culture, not just a gay culture, because the ballroom is even more marginalized, like trans people and like bi people. So it's really important that back then that they were excited about it, but there were plenty of people who were like, no, this is ours. We don't want it to be exploited. So yeah. they are saying, giving us both sides, which is great yeah. and real. Yeah. So yeah, it's fantastic. That's so great. Uh, and then also real quick, uh, you know, I asked you for your favorite episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race of all time. Uh, RuPaul, you chose from season five, episode seven from 2013, RuPaul Roast. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you <laughs> chose from season three, episode two from 2011, The Queen Who Mopped Christmas. No, nope, episode one. Ex- oh, it was episode one. Yes. Okay, we got the yep. wrong yep. thing there. But uh, so- The Queen Who Mopped Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so any, uh, it's hard to pick your babies, I know, uh, but uh, any, any sort of uh, reasons why these episodes you picked? Well, the RuPaul roast was fun just because it, it was hilarious. And it was our first roast, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think it was. Maybe yeah. Th- yeah. Uh, it was hilarious. And then also it was so touching, uh, you know, because so many things were, re- were revealed. You know, that's when Roxy revealed her her childhood uh, trauma of being left at a bus stop. But then she goes on to lip sync the song. Uh, I with my hand back and forth. Oh, my God. And she takes a wig off to reveal another wig. The first I mean, time ever, first time ever done on television. First time I ever saw yeah. it. You? No, I've never seen that yeah. before. Yeah. No, yeah. And it was just, it, it had everything. The, it had made you laugh, made you cry. And it, 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 was, it made you just gag mm. with the uh, brilliance. You know the performance. Very cool. And Michelle, your your well, mind's obvious. It was the episode three, season three, episode one was my <laughs> first, <laughs> my first episode. I had loved seasons one and two, and just sat home and was like, I can't believe I couldn't get out of this contract, my radio contract, to come mm. do this, and just kind of stewing in my house. So when they called, when Rue called me and asked me to do it, and I finally sat down, and Rue looked at me, and said, "Now the show can begin." Was like a moment of. No. Yeah, because yeah, the through. show was conceived with her in mind, but she couldn't do the show contractually because she was uh, under contract in Florida uh, on a radio, radio station. station. Yeah. Seems like 20 years ago. Yeah, and so when she finally got out of the contract, she could come and join us on season three. So it would always be my favorite because yeah. it was like my first one. Yeah, yeah. My the, first baby. The beginning of a new chapter. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was also great because season three was, to me, season three was the season that changed the tide mm-hmm. and four just pushed it into overdrive. Mm-hmm. But three, you know, with Raja and Manila and all those amazing queens, I mean, the list goes on and on. It was a really important season, yeah. I think. Yeah. But mostly because you were there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um well, you know, uh, I wish I had some cheesecake here in honor mm. of uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and rum raisin ice cream. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I don't, never liked rum raisin I'm never, I like yeah. coffee ice cream. Coffee yeah. ice cream's great. Never liked and rum raisin. vanilla. Yeah. yeah, I like vanilla ice Love cream. a vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla yeah. bean. Yeah. Just, just a classic. Yeah. Just yeah. a classic. But uh, because it's always a pleasure speaking to both of you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by and, and chatting. Well, stopping by. I stopped by to your place. Yes, you but, did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, more power to you. And uh, good luck with the Emmys uh, coming up. Thank uh, you. You're both on a roll. So keep the keep this roll going. Uh, but again, always so much fun talking to both of you. Thank Thanks you. So much. Thank you.
And that's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time.